Taking care of your dogs can be rough. Luckily, your friends over at BarkBox have you covered. Sign up to receive monthly care packages delivered right to your door with food, toys, and treats customized just for your dog. With prices starting at $23 a month and free shipping, now is the time to get started with BarkBox. Use our personalized BarkBox link either in the description or on our social media platforms to get deals, promotions, and more for your favorite pups. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, January 10th. Reyes is here with me as always. And we want to welcome you guys back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. I feel like we probably should start this episode off by talking about one of the, the best matchups that we had this past week, one of the best matchups that we've had all year, Valley Christian at Scottsdale Christian. I was a little bit surprised about this one, Reyes. I expected it to be a really clean game on defense and on offense, and that wasn't really the case. Valley Christian hands Scottsdale Christian, only their second loss of the season. Does that surprise you? No, like I said, like, um, it doesn't surprise me. We talked about this earlier behind closed doors, but we're not we're talking about it. Um, behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. We just sound more official when we say that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know you guys. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised, you know. I wish I could say that, but I think, like I said, we talked. I think Scottsdale, I think we both can agree that Scottsdale overall has the better players and better athletes, but as a collective team, Valley Christian just has all five guys bought in and Caleb Shaw is just surrounded with shooters and they all just kind of buy into the defense. They're all, their energy is great. Um, they're tough, tough force to stop right now for sure. Yeah. One of the coolest things about this matchup actually was Garrison Sherman versus Caleb Shaw, because they're kind of similar. They're about the same size. They're, they're both really long. They can both do a lot of the similar things on the offensive end, just a little bit different, but they're very similar. Mm-hmm. After watching this game, I, I just couldn't. I wanted to ask you this question. I haven't asked you this yet. If you had the choice to take Garrison Sherman or Caleb Shaw on your squad, who are you taking? Oof. I think as of like right now, and like I said, we're going individually and stuff like that. I mean, they match up like fairly well to each other if you think about it. I think Garrison Sherman's like 6'6, six, 6'7, six, six, Caleb Shaw, 6'5. They both can shoot it from the outside. Um, they're both pretty quick, athletic, they can get to the rim. If I had to choose, I'd probably choose Garrison Sherman over Caleb Shaw just because of how the game comes to Garrison Sherman. Caleb Shaw's going to go out there and take it. Garrison Sherman lets it come to him. Either way, it's it's neither good or bad. It's just kind of like your preference at that point. Yeah, they're both great players, and they both have the ability to play at the very next level, and I think they both will. But it was a fun matchup to watch. Both of them actually didn't start off great in the game. I thought Garrison Sherman at times actually did a pretty good job defending Caleb Shaw. He forced him into some tough shots. I think by the end of the first quarter, 
Garrison Sherman maybe had like a couple free throws. Caleb Shaw had one three at the very end, but they didn't really get going at all. And I think the ending score of the first quarter was like seven to three or something. I thought the story of the game was poor shot shot selection uh, by Scottsdale early on. You know, it's kind of uncharacteristic for them. When we see Scottsdale Christian play, we're used to seeing them being really patient and getting exactly what they want. I got the sense that they were a little bit amped up. And as they got into the game, they were taking some quicker shots. And they just, honestly, on top of that, not that every shot was a bad shot that they took. They just couldn't buy a bucket. But kind of both sides were like that. Valley Christian definitely shot it better than they did. And let me tell you this, man. Remember last year we had that big debate over Matthew Fan and Michael Fan. Yes, I do remember that. Hey, Michael Fan is like, I think he's my favorite kid on Scottsdale Christian. Ooh, I think he's my favorite kid. The kid plays so hard. He's got a great pace with his dribble. He can take you off the dribble. He's good, man. He's a great athlete. I really like him a lot, man. He's good. He's I don't think he's the shooter that his older brother was Matthew, but I like Michael a lot. He's a great player for them. He's a great point guard. Yeah, definitely. So you were able to watch that game on film and I don't know how it is in person, but it just kind of not looks lackadaisical, but just kind of looks like their body language has it that it's already in the bag when it's not. Yeah, and they go through stretches of playing extremely hard. The hard thing with Valley Christian is they literally have, you know, seven kids that are just playing 100% in their stance, engaged the whole time. You know, I mean, they're just – that's the difference I felt like with Valley. And then also you had, like, some poor shot selection. It wasn't just Scottsdale. Valley also had some poor shot selection as well. Going into the second half, though, Caleb Shaw and Garrison Sherman, Sherman, they both really got going, and they both started having some really good plays. Uh, Caleb Shaw had some nice finishes in transition. That was a big thing that Scottsdale did great in this game, though. They limited the transition from Valley Christian, and we know that that's one of the things that they love to get into most. And speaking of, you know, Scottsdale Christian and Michael Pham, we talk a lot about Caleb Shaw. After this game, you cannot sleep on Luke Shaw, okay? This kid's good. He is smaller. He is not, like, he doesn't pass the eye test like a Caleb Shaw does. But this kid's good, man. He can move. He can shoot the ball. He shoots it really confident. I really like him. And, hey, I just thought of this. You went to the Push Ridge Valley Christian game, and you said that the intros were pretty sweet. Hey, Scottsdale Christian had a pretty sweet intro for their starters. Did they? I'm telling you, man. All the lights went dim. You have like the spotlight on the one kid running. It was so funny. I was laughing like, <laughs> if we cool. could have something like that, that'd be so funny. What like I said, we're on a lower budget, so we'll probably have to get just like a little big, bit, just a little bit. We'll, yeah, we'll just have to buy like those big flashlights that you get at like Ace Hardware or something like that. And we'll just have someone <laughs> in our weight room and just kind of shining on us. You know what I mean? We could do that. Yeah, you know what would actually be really cool? I know we're going off topic right now. We'll jump back on it. Don't worry, guys. But it'd be cool to see everybody else's intro. Because like I said, you know, me and Jeff, we're not able to watch all freaking 137, 100, how many teams there are in each three divisions that there are. We're not able to see all you guys' intros. But it'd be kind of cool for those listeners. Like, send us a little quick video of, like, their intro. You know, it'd be kind of cool to see, just to see what you guys do, maybe – there's something different, you know, that we can throw in ours. But, yeah, I'd love to see all your guys' intros. That'd be kind of fun. I think that probably one of the best intros would be ALA Gilbert North. I've seen some clips of them on Instagram, and I, I see the lights, the spotlights, the smoke. It looks pretty oh, sweet. That's to be 
Who do you think has the best? Oh, that's that's a good one. We should have it for our next segment. Is who has the best student section? And we'll go three A, two A, one A, because that'd be great to know. I don't know. I'll tell you this: it's not us. Yeah, it's not, not us at all. <laughs> but you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we head into some of the recaps that we, some of the games we were to watch. Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, going back to to Scottsdale and Valley Christian and the second half, both teams really got going. Something that really helped Valley Christian too. Honestly, they got some pretty favorable foul calls down the stretch that fouled Garrison Sherman out. They ended up losing by about, I think it was five or six points. So Scottsdale ends up losing this game, but you got to know, you, you got to believe it's going to make them hungry to keep moving forward. And, and Reyes, you talked about this a little bit. You said that at times, Scottsdale Christian looks like they're not playing as hard, you know, with their talent and with the teams that they've played, even though they've played some great teams, they're still able to take care of their business. Valley Christian's effort level was just, it's, it's, a, it's a step above. It's a notch ahead of where they were at that night. And I thought shot selection was a big thing for them and obviously just missing some shots. But I guess we could say this because what we always say with uh, Christian schools that play against each other, I guess you could say Valley Christian was praying a little bit more that week than Scott. Just a little bit harder. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Just a little bit more. Let's move on to the game that you got to go check out, which was a super fun game to watch. Fountain Hills versus ALA Ironwood. Yeah, so I was actually in the building for that. That was actually really Reyes fun. Reyes was in the house. I was in the house, you know. That was fun. You know, drove Did all the way Did you say what's up to anybody or no? No, I was very, very low-key about it. I don't want anybody to get starstruck when they see me and, you know, want autographs <laughs> or anything or a picture. We just can't do that. It's all business. No, I was very low-key. I sat, like, right in the middle and I was just like, you know, snapping little pictures of the game and stuff like that. I was looking but, for you on NFHS. I couldn't find you. Well, I was there. And guess who else was there, actually? Mike Bibby, you know, you know University of Arizona guard and going to the NBA and stuff like that. He coached at Hillcrest. Well, he ran a dynasty over at um, Shadow Mountain in the 4A for, like, crazy consecutive years. He had, like, five states, like, in a row. Um, wipe that smirk off your face. And... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, back to that, back onto the towards the game and stuff like that. It was a really anticipated matchup. You know, Fountain Hills was sitting at number five, and LA Ironwood was sitting at number 18 in the 3A conference. And, you know, rankings are a little bit shaky right now. It's the first week of rankings, technically, as we head into the second week. But it was a matchup, you know what I mean? Because LA is trying to find their footing. You know, they're trying to come off, they're trying to get a win streak and whatnot, a better way to challenge, you know, a top five team in the 3A. And, the game didn't disappoint at all. You know, the, the refs were definitely swallowing their whistles a little bit more and, like, letting them play. It was a very tough and physical game. It Fountain looked super Hills, physical online, dude. Super, super physical game. Like, they're, like, it was, like, they're allowing hand checks for the most part, honestly. Um, ALA Ironwood, though, throughout the game was able to get up into Xavier Mike. And, but I think the difference for Fountain Hills that a lot of people are going to sleep on is uh, they have this, it's like a big, he's not super big. He's probably about six, six, one, uh, number 33. I wish I was able to get his name, but I'm pretty sure you saw in the film too. He's just a workhorse, man. He steals super hard. He's super physical with all the post players. He gets up and gets the rebound. Uh, he's able to block shots. He actually rotates really well to the help side. Um, Fountain Hills was just flying all over the place defensively. And ALA Ironwood, it was both kind of a low scoring game. I think it was like 30. To like or like 28 to 28 and like for like halftime you know what i mean mm -hmm. 
it was it was really tough to say. You know, what I mean, I was pretty anticipated with like Xavier, Mike, and uh, David. I don't even want to mess up his names. I'm not even gonna try it. I'll try it. Arellano. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, the matchup. I want to say I don't want to say disappointed because Xavier might stepped up to the plate. You know, he was hitting big shots after big shot. Uh, David was trying to find his footing, just kind of seemed a little frustrated with uh, Bowen Hill's physicality. And like we said, we talked about student section. Bowen Hill's student section was pretty uh, riled up, if you if you would ask me. Like, they were so riled up. And, you know, as a basketball player, you just kind of try to, like, block that out and stuff like that. And I think once they start saying things to you and then ALA's kids were trying to responding back to them, I just don't – I just think they're just focused on two different things at once while Bowen Hill's was just focused solely on the game. Mm. Um Found Hills towards the end of the game. It was like it was back and forth for the most part. Um, I thought Found Hill that stretches could probably could have pulled away, but ALA was just fighting, you know, making some tough shots. They're big. Uh, I already forgot his name, but you know they're big Allen. really well. Andy Allen, right? I think that's yeah. his name. Andy Allen. Tough, tough, tough kid. Tough. He's big, physical. Um, I was gonna was say pretty- this. Like I felt like whenever ALA Ironwood in the half court really looks to get the ball inside to him. I felt like that's when right now their team is really successful. When they play off him, I feel like they do really well. Yeah, and so I think Corey Wood, um, you know, he's like their junior. He's like one of their top players on their team. I think he led all scores, but yeah. I just felt like his shot selection, especially towards the end, he just was not aggressive at all. He was taking like one dribble fadeaway mid-range pull-ups. He had like two of those, and they just kind of rip, they just kind of went off the rim a little bit. Found was able to rebound. They scored. Um, you could tell that the coach was pretty frustrated because you know he the kid Corey Woods six seven. You know what I mean? He's athletic. He has a, he does have a nice stroke, but at that point, you know what I mean? Dip your head a little bit. You know, attack the rim and try to get a foul or at least finish. You know, mm-hmm. sure. especially sure. when the game's within like you know two or like a couple possessions. Then we both know uh, towards the end of the game, a found Hills was able to kill the clock. Their offense, like I said, Coach Bonnery did a really great job of running their offense. They're super patient. And ALA Ironwood, their, their bench was clapping because they thought that they were playing great defense, and technically they were. But found that's Found Hill's goal, you know, to kill as much time off the clock. So when you think you're just clamping them up and they're just kind of going through their offense and they're not looking to score, that's their whole point. Like, you're playing their game at that point. Found Hills ran off a minute off the clock. It started at three minutes. Went to two minutes and then you know ALA missed it. They got it back, ran another like 40 seconds, 30 seconds off the clock. And then at that point, uh found Hills was able to make some free throws. And yeah, they ended up winning the game. That's the hard thing with Fountain Hills, is because you're so right. They run when they really want to, they can sit down and just be when you look at Fountain Hills, they don't pass the eye test. I'm gonna put they, it out. They look like they should be terrible, but like, dude, these guys. They're positionally, positionally, one of the best teams that I've seen. I mean, since I've been coaching here in Arizona, I mean, Coach Bonner really does do a great job with their defensive placement, at teaching them concepts and how to run their offense and really what they're trying to do. And, yeah, they just run time off the clock. I mean, I remember we played against them a couple times last year, and when we had the ball and we were down by, like, five or something, and when we got to the four-minute mark, I started to get stressed because I'm like, shoot, I feel like we could potentially be looking at two more possessions and the game's over, you know, because yeah. they just have the ability to do that. And it's pretty unique. Uh, the one kid on Fountain Hills that stood out to me, aside from Xavier, Mike, and they're big, was the kid on their team with the man bun. I do Number not love one. your hair. I don't love your hair, but I love your game. So, I mean, he played really tough. That was a really, he shot great for them. 
he he shot the ball really well. You can obviously tell he's not. I want to say like their offensive go to. I would say, I would assume Xavier Mike is, but just as far as like a catch and shoot pure, pure shooter, that's him number one. Uh, he shot the ball pretty well. Uh, played with a chip on his shoulder. Defensively, not the best. You know what I mean? There's a couple of times where he got beat off the dribble, but I mean, you know, offensively, he's a pretty tough kid to go against for sure. If you don't have a high hand in his face, I man, he's gonna knock it down. Honestly. Yeah, he's a great player. And Fountain Hills as a whole, along with Ayla Ironwood, these were two really great teams in the 3A to match up with. And, you know, Ayla Ironwood, I see them starting to play better and better. Even this loss to Fountain Hills, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously you want to win, but I mean, shoot, you're getting better playing a team like that and playing them so close. I mean, they're just right there. So I can see Ayla Ironwood really getting ready to make a push here towards the end of the season. And on top of that, I mean, Fountain Hills just rolling, man. They're good. They're tough. Anybody who plays Fountain Hills will have their hands full, man. So, yeah, that's cool. You got to go out there. Maybe next time you can say what's up to some people. Yeah, maybe next time I will. Maybe I'll have an Arizona small ball shirt next time. We'll see. <laughs> so they know who I am. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's move on to just a wild game, okay? I, and I shouldn't say wild game. A wild beginning of the game. You know one of my favorite small ball teams, Reyes. Who is it? The fighting frogs. The fight. No, it's not the fighting frogs. It's the fighting frogs, dude. And let me tell you what. They were ready to fight in this fighting. game. My bad. My bad. Fighting. They were ready to fight in this game. Okay. So who were they playing against? Okay. So this was a great matchup. Even though Salome is outside of the top 10 in AZ Prep's rankings, I still feel like clearly Salome is a top 10 team. And I think that they're going to be there by the end of the, of the season, you know. They were matched up against Mojave Accelerated, who is, in my opinion, one of the top, if not the top team in the 1A. So I wanted to see how my fighting frogs would fare against them. And, bro, this is a wild beginning to the game. I will say, remember how last time there was a band right behind the visitor's bench? Yes. There wasn't there this time, so I was kind of disappointed about that. Mm -hmm. You need to bring that back, fighting frogs. So just want to throw that out there for you. That could have been a factor. It could have been. Yeah, maybe that was it. I don't know. This game had a wild beginning. So it starts off in the first couple minutes. Just so you know, Salome has two guards that are the ones that really make them go. They average like 13 points a game, like 12 points a game. It's Kevin Castillo and Ernesto uh, Calderon. And they're, they're both teeny. They're not big and they're skinny. But man, these kids are lightning quick. They can shoot the ball. They're aggressive. Like, I love how these kids play. Okay, they're awesome. Have you gotten a chance to see him yet, Reyes? I haven't. I haven't been able to. It's not that I don't want to. It's just I just haven't right, been right. able to. Okay, we're sitting down and watching them at some point this week because they're so much fun to watch. These kids compete. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that for sure. They're, they're competitors. So Kevin Castillo, he's number 12. I thought he got screwed over on this first call. It's like the first two minutes of the game. Somebody is boxing him out, and he's trying to be physical, and he fell. So he wrapped his arms around the kid and kind of fell and brought that other kid with him from Mojave Accelerated. The ref freaks out and calls an intentional foul, okay? So, like, this is, like, two minutes into the game. So it calls an intentional foul, and obviously everybody's going crazy. Like, what are you talking about, you know? And I thought it was bad. I was like, come on, dude. Like, he's clearly falling, and the ref that called it was right in front of him. So that happens, like, two minutes into the game. 45 or, like, a minute later, Mojave Accelerated gets the ball and they're running in transition. And Kevin Castillo, number 12, hustles his butt down the court 
jumps up and blocks this kid and he blocks him super aggressive and he fouls him but it wasn't it didn't look like an aggressive like malicious intent type of thing the ref blows the whistle points at him and tosses him out the game and i was like what i'm watching this game and i was like are you kidding me this kid hasn't done anything after losing kevin castillo they were still the fighting frogs but you know they were missing uh, kevin castillo is kind of like the shout outs to you coach leo scott always keeping me updated on some of these teams but he's kind of like the sidekick of uh, ernesto calderon so once they lost him you okay. could tell that they really struggled and but the craziest thing you know we all know we follow sports and stuff we saw antonio brown in the nfl and antonio brown you know he left the game and ripped his jersey off and like walked out that's exactly what kevin castillo did he took his jersey off walked out the gym the antonio brown <laughs> and that's different i shouldn't even say that like you want to be antonio brown but the antonio brown of the arizona small ball scene this past week kevin castillo kevin i want you to know dude i'm on your side if I was refing that game, you would have just had two fouls. You wouldn't have been tossed from the game, bro. So that was a tough break from him. Mojave Accelerator looked good, though. That was just crazy, dude. I haven't seen a kid get tossed. Actually, one of our kids got tossed in the, in the fall. <laughs> but I, that's what I, said. I haven't seen that. Other than that, though, I haven't really – you don't see it that often. So especially for something you like don't. that. You do not see it that often. That was interesting. But you also saw another crazy game that – a team ended up up as, as, as an upset for most people. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hold, hold on, you're getting ahead of me. I'm gonna get to that. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. My you're bad. getting too far ahead. I gotta keep showing some love to this game because I thought you were done with. I thought you were, I thought you were done with the game. No, I'm not done with them. Okay, you know if it was up to me, we'd talk about the fighting frogs all pod long. Okay, <laughs> fair. So Mojave Accelerator did look good in this game. Uh, they were, you know, in an extended zone at times. They were in an aggressive man-to-man defense. I just feel like Mojave Accelerator was all in all just better than Salome was in this game. I will say this, though. Mojave, and I think they were missing Josh Neal, so that's a big miss. But I will say this. I don't know that – you remember last year in the 1A, the road to the championship, North Valley and Mojave Accelerator were blowing everybody out? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like that this year. I think you got some pretty good 1A teams that can mm-hmm. compete a little bit. You got Hayden. You got Desert Christian. Um, you've got Tempe Prep. You've just got some te- – I think Salome will be one of those if they have their kid for the full time. But you have some teams that will be able to challenge because in watching Mojave Accelerated, they're a great squad. And Coach Neal, shouts out to you, does a great job with his team. I just – I think it's going to be a lot more competitive this year because there's just some better all-around teams in the one end this year than there were last year. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't oppose that at all. I can definitely see that happening for sure. And it'll be exciting. It'll be a lot of fun. So this is a really good game to watch. Again, Kevin, dude, hang in there, man. You shouldn't have been tossed from that game, but it is what it is. So that was crazy. It is what it is. That, that's tough, man. I mean, that is not, that is not fun. I was just thinking about this. What if a coach got ejected and just like he instead, like for him, it doesn't have the same effect, but if he took his shirt off and just like walked off the court, <laughs> it doesn't have that'd the same be, effect though. Yeah. It doesn't have the same effect, but it'd be kind of not funny, but it'd be, it'd be very interesting. <laughs> no, come on. It'd be funny, man. <laughs> it'd be pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we're going to move on to the game that Reyes was talking about. Another game that I got to watch uh, just the other night. 
was uh, Northwest Christian at Payson. And we got to take some time out to talk about Payson because we got to show some respect. We always try to give credit where credit is due, no matter who the team, no matter where, you know, their schedule is. If a team does good, we want to give them some love. Payson has been rolling lately. Okay. I'm going to be honest. One of my favorite places to go to is the dome at Payson. I think it's a super cool setup. It feels massive. The dome was popping, dude. Like the whole camera was shaking because of how much everybody was going wild. Payson <laughs> continues its tear this season and ends up beating Northwest Christian by over 25. I think it was. I think it was 20. Uh, it, was, it was something that was right around there. Maybe it was like 23 to 28 points. Payson beats Northwest Christian at home. Payson handles Northwest Christian at home and does a really good job there. We got to start talking about Coach Mavis because we got to see Payson earlier in the year. And I mean, they looked a lot better than they had in the past. I mean, they did. I mean, I remember we weren't, me and you weren't at that game either. So we were watching right. it through NFA or doing their uh, Facebook Live or whatever. We would call each other from halftime all the way to the end of the game. And we just couldn't get over the fact. I mean, granted, we didn't come to play like our kids like just the lack of energy and stuff like that but Payson did they were there to make a point and they didn't care regardless of what the outcome was and they play and they were up at some point they were hitting some tough shots the momentum kept shifting to them like I said obviously you know we were able to find a way you know you know put it away but we only beat them by 10 points right so I mean after that, you can just tell that Payson has been able to build off of that. And, like, look, look what they did to Northwest Christian, man. Like, if you don't come ready to play, like, they're always going to be ready. Every night they play, step on that course, or just be aware of the Longhorns. Ooh, the Longhorns. Look at that. I also wanted to say this. I feel like this game is kind of a microcosm of everything in the 3A right now. It don't matter who you're playing. I mean, Sabino's, uh, yeah. like, 25, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You have to come ready to play because in the 3A, the top 15, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again because I think it's going to be true. 15, 18 teams, I mean, you play any of them, they're just going to be ready to go. And if you're not ready to go, you got a good chance of losing that game. I wanted to say this because there was an article that was put out about Coach Mavis over at Payson. And I thought it was cool. So I just wanted to, to take some parts from this article and just put this out there and show a lot of love uh, to Payson and the Longhorns. The Longhorns entered this season trying to avoid a 10th consecutive losing season. They haven't produced a winning record since going 16 and 13 during the 2011-2012 season. Uh, this is from a player. He said, Coach Mavis has really been pushing this idea of a new culture and a new mindset, which we've seen all, ever since the summer. We watched Payson. We covered their tournament in the summer. And when we saw they were getting better, they scored a season-high 73 points, which is the game you were talking about, and a 10-point loss against Camp Verde. Payson scored another 73 points in a win at Mogollon on December 16th, and then they went 8-0 in winning the Wickenburg Wrangler Classic on December 17th and the 18th. It's hard to figure out last time a tournament was won by Payson. There haven't been many since the 2006, 2007, and 2007, 2008 teams that went a combined 47 and 16, reaching the 3A state finals twice. That's the last time that they were like legitimately relevant. Right now, they're sitting at 13 and six, and we need to start discussing maybe them contending for the title in the 3A East. And I mean, I really like how Payson is moving right now. Again, 
Northwest Christian is one of the best teams in the three, one of the best programs. And I mean, they, they were, man, there's a point in the game where this kid hit a three from like the logo and that dome went wild, man. I'm watching it like, oh my gosh, these kids are playing with so much confidence right now. It was fun. I was happy for them. And it was a good one for the Longhorns. That is, I mean, that was pretty crazy. I remember you were just texting me while I was at Found Hills and you're like, Payson's doing it. They're about to do it. Like you said, the, the gym was rocking. So shout out to you, Coach Mavis. Um, Mavis, Marvis, Mavis. Mavis, I think. Mavis, you know, shout out for you, you know, for turning that program around. You're, you're doing a really great job with these kids. You know, you got them competing really hard. I mean, that's all you can ask for, man. So, you know, shout out to you for, you know, turning that program around, it seems like, and hopefully it keeps heading that right direction with you alongside with it. Um, another game that I wanted to give a quick, just kind of, kind of not even. Hey, couple, hold on, before we go on, where do you see Payson ending in their region? Over in, in the their east? region, they're in the team? east. That's tough because you got to think about the teams they got in the east. So let's name them off. You got Winslow, you got Sholo, Snowflake. Um, is Thatcher in the east with them or no? No, you got Blue Ridge, Holbrook, Payson, Sholo, Snowflake, and Winslow. That region's kind of stacked. Honest, where, where, where do you see him ending? Like, what do you think? Um, I think either Sholo or Snowflake are gonna come out on top. So I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna. So Snowflake, Sholo, and Blue Ridge. Those are my one to three spots. Not in order. Just whatever. Don't don't forget about Holbrook now. I'm not forgetting about them, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. About I don't one, know. But hey, this is the podcast, and I'm all about controversy. So, you know me. <laughs> Let's get crazy with it. I think Pacey could finish either four or five in the region, legitimately, if I'm being realistic. Um, I mean, they are 13 to six. They're on a pretty good climb right now, especially with that win. We'll see how it goes. But right now, four or five for sure. And then I guess I'll throw Holbrook in the mix between that one and three spot between Blue Ridge, Solo, and well, you, you don't 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 do it if it's not genuine, you know. You're right. It's not, it's not genuine. I'm just being on the call. So I mean, yeah, I could see them being like four, like maybe a three. But we always talk about this, you know. Is are our kids? Is our team pointed in the right direction? You know what I mean? Like, because you don't want to yeah. be peaking at this point. But are we at least pointing in the right direction? Are we taking positive steps? Payson definitely is. So I just want to take a second to shout that out because that's a huge win. Northwest is a great program, super well coached, great kids. Again, the difference between the 3A, the 2A, and the 1A. And the 3A, it don't matter who you're playing. If you don't come ready to play, you're going to be in for a long night. So my question is, where do you have Payson finishing? You can't just throw me on the spot. And you I already said it. I already said it. I can see him where on the like four. Okay. I see him at four. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I see Holbrook. I see Holbrook finishing like I could see Holbrook maybe winning that whole thing. Hmm. Holbrook already beat uh Snowflake, right? Please. Holbrook Holbrook just beat Sholo 72 to 41. (laughs) (laughs) Eat my words, Red. I'm eating my words. It's all right though. We'll see what happens. They Um, beat they beat Blue Ridge 49 to 29. You are kidding, right? You serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Oh wow, I'm eating more. Got <laughs> I mean, I'll eat, I'll eat those shots because I deserve that. Yeah, that's no, no that's on me. That's on me for not doing my homework on that. No, Anywho, no, it's all good. I mean, you know, the reality is we can make a prediction however we want. It's the what we're saying about the whole three A is the same about the East. If Holbrook 
if Snowflake, if anybody comes not ready to play, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to lose. So it just all depends yeah. on who's, who's more locked in, who's focused, and who's been doing it for longer. So. No, I hear you. Um, anyways, now that we finished that segment, back to what I was saying. <laughs> um, speaking of the East, uh, or a team from the East, um, Thatcher played Snowflake. And um, not believe it or not, because like I said, I've been rambling about Snowflake for a little bit. And I said, I think they're a really great team. They just were needing to figure some things out. And um, they have, you know, and they beat Thatcher. Um, Snowflake it was a great game against Thatcher. It was a really great game. I think Snowflake currently is ranked 30. And Thatcher was ranked number four in the 3A. So, I mean, with that loss, I mean – I, I can see Thatcher dropping down between the five and eight spot for sure. Um, like I said, it was a tough loss for Thatcher, but a great win for Snowflake. Just shows you that Snowflake still has, like, the team that can do it. I'm not saying they're going to make a crazy run or anything like that, but I told you they have some kids that can play a little bit, and it was a great win for them overall. And Thatcher's super good, man. I mean, they, they've got some great athletes. They've got some great players. I mean, their resume, I mean, it speaks for itself. They've got some great wins on their schedule. Yeah, they just uh, they just dropped one against Snowflake. So it is what it is. I said yeah. this before, and I think it's true. If teams are leaving their region at 500 or a little bit above it, that's probably a good thing. I mean, it's just so competitive. These 3A teams are just going to beat themselves up. You know, it's just it's part of the name of the game. Part of the name of the game. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. We're going to get into previewing. What did you say? I was saying that's my first time saying that today. I'm proud of you, but you know, you say it the most in the second half of our pod always. Yeah, because then we're talking about the game. The game that, that's when like, we're yeah, looking at previews and stuff. Watch, I, I guarantee you, you'll probably say it about three times, four times. Second part play, of the pod. We can place a bet on a burrito. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we're going to preview some games for next week. But before we do, check this out. As usual, there's a bunch of amazing games this week. And one of the most exciting things about this week, Reyes, I know you know this, conference play is really like everybody's in conference play this week. So that's going to be exciting. How does that change how teams approach games this week? Oh, man, the preparation is going to be really interesting because as we know, like freedom games, it's cool. You know, I mean, you you can open almost not all the tricks in your bag, but you really can, depending on who, what coaches know, everything. But in conference play, you're going to see these guys like, at least twice, you know, twice in the season. So you don't want to open all your tricks to them because, you know, you want to probably throw a little bit of a bone to them a little bit because, like, next time you play them later in the season, they're going to try to reevaluate, strategize, oh, how they did this against us, so maybe they'll do it again. But in reality, you, it's, it's just so much game planning, so much strategic planning going into the conference play i mean we're doing it ourselves man we're thinking about right. what, what are we going to give away and what are we going to keep for later in the season so i mean that's probably one thing for sure that really sticks out to me right now as these teams head into conference play yeah and you what you're saying is true you know you got to think about how much have we shown what do we want to show this first time and not show so that we have an advantage the second time but you don't want to like not give your bet you know you want to win so it's just it gets complicated it's a little bit different but it is fun because all these teams as you enter into conference play not only do you play a little bit harder it just seems like games just get the blowouts start to kind of go away and especially in the 3a you see a lot of 
low scoring 40 45 games and that's just kind of that's just kind of where it's at we wanted to talk about some of these games Reyes what do you got first for Monday man what's your slate on Monday who you got so for Monday I have a uh, number nine Florence against a uh, number 10 Coolidge on Monday and I think this is a match to be talked about um, you know, Coolidge currently right now, they're sitting six and one. Their last win was against Micah Mountain, which in reality, you know, they're, they're a 4A team, but they're not really a great 4A team, but they were able to get the win 79 to 55. Um, they also played uh, Rio Rico, and I think they were able to take care of business in there. But like I said, Florence and Coolidge, I think that's going to be a great game. Florence has a pretty good uh, scoring offense. I, I believe they lost the kid, though, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't know. I don't want to spread any rumors, but from what I understand, yeah, I, I we just we'll move we're, on from that. We're know. not woes or anything like that, but if you do know anything <laughs> per, about per it, <laughs> per woes, you're going to see per, and we'll figure something out. But if you know anything, shoot it our way through our social media links or email. We would love to get that information, but I'm not gonna even going to spread any rumors. Let's just say that Florence has him. Okay. You know, Florence has them. I mean, the dynamic duo that they carry, the, the offense they bring. Like I said, we've talked about this before. Uh, Florence goes wherever these two go and how they play and how they perform. And so I think if Florence has a pretty good offensive night, it can be pretty tough against for Coolidge. But like I said, on the other hand, Coolidge, they have some pretty athletic guard, pretty athletic big. Uh, you know more of the players' names than I do. I think that Coolidge overall is going to take the win over Florence. And I have it a closer niche game as well. I have it like a 62-55 game, Coolidge winning. Okay. I got Coolidge winning this game as well. And I will say this, even if Farmer is no longer with the team for Florence, uh, they do have uh, Brandon Farley. And he's a great player. He plays really hard. And just the kids over at Florence and Coach Silvas does an amazing job at getting his kids to play super hard. I can see this game being like maybe a little bit more, like maybe 15-point game or so. Uh, so we go like 60 to 45. Um, but, you know, either way, I, I see Florence still competing, even if they don't have that kid anymore. But I see Coolidge kind of running away with that a little bit with 15 points. Who else you got for Monday? Uh, for Monday, I don't think I have. Uh, what was the team? I forgot. Oh, ALA Ironwood and Thatcher. I know we keep talking about, you know, ALA Ironwood and stuff like that. I know you probably hate us for that, but I'm just being honest. You know, I think they're a competitive team in the 3A. And like I said, they, they do have a tough matchup against Thatcher. And even though Thatcher last week was technically ranked number four, I think heading into this week on uh, today, their ranking is going to change. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I have personally, I do think ALA Ironwood on the right track, but I do think that Thatcher is going to bounce back from that loss against Snowflake. And I do see them beating Thatcher, uh, beating uh, ALA Ironwood. And like I said, the, I think these games are going to be really close. I really do. I think by a little higher scoring game, I think Thatcher's going to be within like the 65 range. And I'm going to say ALA Ironwood in the 60, 60, 62. So like a 3.5 point game. So I disagree with you. I think it is going to be close. I'm going to call this ALA Ironwood bounces back against Thatcher. And I think they win. 50 to 49. I think it's like a one point game. And I do think Alia Ironwood is pointing them in the right direction. They're going to do a really good thing against Thatcher. I do too. I mean, like I said, I mean, stylistically too, or just matchup wise, this is a pretty good favorable matchup for Alia Ironwood. If you think about it, as far as like guard play 
And even like, I mean, Thatcher does have some bigs that could probably match up with uh, Allen. Um, but as far as like guard play, you know, Corey Wood, you have Elijah Taylor, and then you have um, David. I'm not even try his name. Um, <laughs> I just think that Thatcher might have a difficult time matching up with them. But that's only if Ironwood can be aggressive and attack the glass and attack the basket. If they're just going to settle for jump shots, it might be pretty tough if Thatcher will capitalize on that and get some pretty easy buckets in the half court. They won't. 50 to 49, ALA Ironwood. Okay, let me go to my game on Monday night. I'm excited about this because I think these are two of the top teams in the 3A North. Tuba City versus Monument Valley on Monday night. Okay, I really like this matchup. I think it's going to be really good. Tuba City and Monument Valley are both, I mean, great squads. I think they're legitimate. I mean, Monument Valley for sure, but Tuba City as well. I think they're for sure like top 20 teams, maybe top 15 teams. The computers and max preps have Tuba City winning over Monument Valley 63 to 56. Do you agree with that? Tuba City beating Monument Valley? 63 to 56. Do you think it's that low scoring? No, I think it's a higher scoring game, honestly. Easily, I think so. And I don't think that's a knock on their defense or anything like that, but I'm just going to call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. A lot of red schools, it's just a bunch of transition. There's just not a lot of uh, efficient defense. It's kind of all over the place. They play uh, controlled chaos, if that's the word to use. But like you said, Coach Smith over at Tuba City has a pretty good job of, you know, settling his boys down a little bit. Um, But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. A lot of threes are going to be shot. A lot of threes are going to be made. And I – you, what do you think? Who I don't know who I have on top. I want to hear yours first, and then I'll give mine. I, I, I do I do like Tuba City beating Monument Valley. I think Tuba City is going to be up and ready to go, and I think that I think their coach is going to have a good game plan against Monument Valley. So yeah, I like Tuba City winning this one. I think it's high scoring, and I think it's pretty close. Man, I'm gonna go like eighty to seventy five. 80 to 75. Who that's pretty high. I don't think it'd be that high. I'm gonna give it like a 74. Two. Ah, you know, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna, you know, just to separate and just be different. I have Monument Valley. I'll go with Monument Valley. I have Monument Valley supporting 74, and then Tuba City will finish with 68. Okay, that's close. Close game. Well, the reason I wanted to pick this game is because this begins region play in the 3A North. And I think these are two of the teams that are going to be right there in the thick of it at the end. Maybe, you know, I mean, along with Chin Lee, but two of the better teams in the in that region. Definitely, for sure. Okay, let's move on to Tuesday night. Tuesday night, I got Trivium Prep versus Arizona Lutheran. And this is going to be a really good matchup. I'm excited to see how Arizona Lutheran comes out in this game because I feel like they've been a little bit maybe going through a slump lately, you know, they lost their tournament in the championship against PCD and PCD is a really great squad, but I thought that Arizona Lutheran uh, was going to be able to, to end up on top of that one. I could see them really coming back and hopefully bouncing back against Trivium. Again, we talked about Tanner Plitzerwhite before the computers at max preps have a Arizona Lutheran beating Trivium prep 65 to 58. And I disagree with this one. I think that Trivium Prep is going to win this one. I think it's still going to be close. I think Trivium Prep will win 55 to 48 over Arizona Lutheran. Now, I am going to have to 
disagree with you. I mean, just from watching the, uh, the PCD and ALA Arizona Lutheran game, I like what Arizona Lutheran was able to do. I do like, um, I already forgot how you say his name. <laughs> but That's right. Arizona, yeah, I'm not going to try it. I don't want to mess with these guys' names, so I'm going to keep it safe, keep my guns in my holster. But like I said, I do think that Arizona Lutheran, I think they do have <laughs> have enough talent, you know, to compete with Trivia and Prep. But I do feel like, you know, ALAs, I think it's time for them to really make a stand right here. And this is not a better – I mean, this is what – what not a better way to bounce back after losing the PCD in a very close game, if I can say, and hopefully get that win over Trivium. I have a close game as well. I have a pretty low scoring as well. I have like a 52-48 uh, Arizona Lutheran winning. I feel like a positive for Arizona Lutheran, even though they have dropped a couple of these big games, is, I mean, they're playing against some of the top teams in the 2A, you know I mean? Literally. So I, I think that's going to help them moving into the playoffs for sure. Because that's one of the things we talked about them at the very first episode where we came back this season that their schedule is pretty favorable. And because of that, they need to find ways to supplement that with tough games. They've done that in their tournament, and hopefully it'll help them moving forward. No, definitely, for sure. Okay, what else you got Tuesday? So for Tuesday, for me, I have actually Bisbee and Morency, number 19 and number 13. Uh, these two teams are very interesting for me. I, I just know that Bisbee has been able to – gather a couple wins for themselves. They beat teams like Valley Union. They beat the Gregory School 61 to 53. They beat St. Augustine uh, 88 to 50. But then they got handed to, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, they got handed to uh, by St. David 77 to 42. So they're coming off that loss on January 6th. But on the other hand, Morenci is has gone through a little tough stretch, honestly. You know, they opened up they played around Valley. They beat them 40-39. They beat St. David by one. They lose to Madison Highland, if you remember, in that OT 86-79. They played some team from New Mexico, beat them. And then they go into the 59, 59 Eastern Arizona Christmas Tournament. They beat Stafford, lose to Pima, and then they get, lose to St. David. And then they go to another in the Timber Mesa, and they you know lost there. And then they're coming off two losses against uh, Silver City, New Mexico, and then their game against Phoenix Country Day got canceled. Mm. So, I mean, they're that would sitting, have been a great game. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because Morenci's sitting at thirteen, but they haven't won a game in a in about like a six game stretch. So I think they're really looking to build off of that. I mean, it's just been a ton of practice. I mean, they got more time to focus on Bisbee because of that cancellation between uh, PCD and them. I think that if Morenci is able to come ready and hopefully their kids are focused and locked in, I have them beating uh, Bisbee. I think Morenci could pull away from this game probably within like 12. And I think it'll be like a 62-50 game, Morenci winning. Okay, let's move to Wednesday then. Okay, Wednesday, we've got Highland Prep at Mountain Highland Prep or Madison Highland Prep. And the reason I'm so excited about this matchup is because the last time they played, the score was outrageous. It was like 90, how, what was it? It was like 95 to 90 or something like that. That's one of the highest scoring games that I've seen this whole year. Max Preps predicted the score. The computers at Max Prep predict 
Madison Highland will beat Highland Prep 78 to 73. 78 to 73. That's like the highest maybe Max Prep's predictor score that I've seen in a while. So, so it's pretty crazy. I'm excited about this. You know, Madison Highland still has Anisa Adeoye, who was one of the top scorers, I mean, statistically, in the whole state of Arizona. He's dropped there. He's not the leading scorer anymore. But I'd love to see him in action again. The Heat versus the Badgers. I don't want to insert that Badger sound because I don't want to scare you again, Reyes. But that's going to be a really fun matchup. I do not see Madison Highland beating Highland Prep, though. I don't agree with this. I got Highland Prep beating him. I think it's going to be 80 to, like, I don't know. I think 80 to 65, something like that. But I got Highland winning this one. No, I'm going to follow you on the same. I'm going to piggyback off you, and I have Highland Prep as well winning. I think it's great that uh, Anissa Dayway, you know, he's putting up some big numbers, this and that. I just see that Highland overall as a team. Yeah, they got more of a team aspect. They have more of a team aspect, and I think that they'll probably figure something out that, you know, at least try to limit Anisu Day away. And I do have a Highland Prep. I have them winning by, like, 15. I think it's be a high-scoring game. I'll say 75 to 60, Highland Prep winning. I agree. Woo-hoo. Okay, Seems okay, okay. Not just you there. Who else okay. you got Wednesday night? So Wednesday, I have Snowflake and Sholo. So Snowflake's going to move up in the rankings because uh, of that, they came off that win against Thatcher, you know. But then uh, Sholo is currently ranked 11. Um, it's going to be quite interesting to see between these two matchups. Like I said, I've been on Snowflake's coattail. coattail. This is a um, region play. This is conference for them. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Here are some teams that Sholo has beaten. Um, they beat Mogion, They beat Ganado. Then they lost to Moreno. And then uh, they did lose to Holbrook, though. But like I said, Sholo overall, the teams that they have played um, is not the best, I guess you would say, as compared to what Snowflake has faced. Snowflake's faced Valley Christian. Snowflake's played Chin Lee. Snowflake's played a Santan Charter. Snowflake played Paradise Honors of Pima. They even played two, but Sydney ended up winning by 20. They lost to Northwest Christian, and they go to the Epic New Year's Tourney where they played Tucson, which is a 6A. They played Carl Hayden. They played Paradise Valley and Agua Fria. So, I mean, Snowflake overall, I feel, has faced tougher teams than Sholo. And not because that's not the reason why I have Snowflake beating Sholo, but I just have overall, I think Snowflake's team, I like the effort that they give. I think Sholo might have some couple kids that could play a little bit offensively. And by seeing that Snowflake will have a great game plan against them. And I have Snowflake beating Sholo. And I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I'm going to say, like, 52 46 uh snowflake winning i have so the computers over at max prep everything you said i agree with the computers over at max preps have sholo beating snowflake 63 to 54 i'm just gonna flip that i think snowflake beats sholo and they win 63 to 54 i really like snowflake ahead of sholo in this game and yeah i think snowflake's playing pretty good right now they're peaking and hopefully being in region play it'll help them play a little bit harder yeah, I think this is Sholo's uh, first real challenge, if I'm going to be honest. I think mean, I said, like, don't get me wrong, Sholo's played some pretty tough teams. But if you look at – if you compare the uh, – And the they played so Duma far, Catholic, so. I mean, I yeah, I get that. And they played Eastmark, and they did play Eastmark. But if you were to line up each team in their schedule, you would have to agree that Snowflakes have the tougher terrain to go yeah, through for sure. as opposed to Sholo. So I think Snowflakes battle-tested, and I think they're ready to give it to Sholo. So, yeah. 
Okay, let's move on to Thursday night. St. David plays at Benson on Thursday night. And I was really excited about this game because there's a great matchup between the 1A and the 2A. St. David is playing really good. And Benson in the 1A, St. David is playing really good. Benson is in the 2A. And we talked about them last week being maybe one of the teams that could challenge Pima for the region title. And Benson is just strong. They're physical. They, they really play really big. This is a really good matchup at Max Preps. They have St. David beating or losing to Benson 60 to 64. And I don't agree with this from Max Preps computers. Uh, I can see St. David beating Benson and I can see them winning, uh, doing a good job here. And I see it being a, a pretty close game. I see St. David beating Benson like 60 to 65. I know that St. David's played some pretty tough teams in the two-way, and they've, you know, had some pretty impressive wins actually over some two-way teams, especially in the 1A. Uh, Benton's obviously a competitive two-way team. I definitely see them challenging uh, Pima. I also agree with you with as far as St. David beating Benson. I think I have St. David kind of pulling away from Benson. And I'm going to say, let's just go like 59-49, like a 10-point game, like, Nothing crazy, but I do have St. David on top. Oh, man, now I'm thinking of changing this thing. I just saw Benson lost to Highland Prep 62 to 59. Ooh, okay. Okay, I just switched it. Okay, Benson's going to beat uh, St. David, and they'll beat him by about 15. <laughs> no, I got no, I got St. David beating Benson still by 10, 59 49. That's how quickly it changes, folks. Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's the Golden State mentality right there. That's the warrior mentality. I'm going to stay true what's mine. Uh, yeah. I actually had Tuba City versus Hopi, and this is the game that I really wanted to, like, highlight. Uh, Tuba City actually have been able to put a, together a couple of wins, and what was I going to say? They played some pretty impressive teams. You know, they played a Yuma Catholic. Won. They're one-on-one one against Yuma Catholic. Uh, they beat uh, Sedona, they beat Outstate, and then the last game was against Page. Uh, the game against Winslow did get canceled. Um, they are also going to play against Monument Valley today, and so that's going to be a pretty interesting game. But I do believe that Tuba City is actually on a pretty good rise right now. I think Coach Smith doing a great job with their team. They actually have a nice big that has pretty decent footwork, has a soft touch in the paint. Um, now, as far as Hopi, the only reason I want to cover Hopi because they're actually on a pretty decent stretch. They haven't played – the teams as far as what uh, Tuba City has played, they played teams like Ray, they lost to Williams, they beat Fredona, they beat St. John's, uh, they lost to Chinley, and then they, their last win was against Pinion. And so I just kind of wanted to shout out Hopi for a little bit, you know, just for getting a couple of wins to their belt, but I do have Tuba City running away against Hopi, and I'm going to think it's, I'm going to say it's a high scoring game, 83 to 63, uh, Tuba City winning. That's about where I'm at. I'll take that 20-point spread as well. Okay. All right. Now, Thursday night is going to be a big game. Push Ridge at Sabino. Okay, now the computers have uh, – I actually agree with the computers here. They have Sabino beating Push Ridge 65-59. to 59. I'm really excited to see Sabino – kind of like leave play because they've just been playing a bunch of bigger schools now Pushridge has also been playing some bigger schools but Sabino has just played so many big schools now they're going to enter into conference play 
I'm curious to see kind of where they're at. I got to see them play a couple weeks ago. Bro, Sabino's good. They're not. I mean, I think at the end of last week, they were ranked number 30. They might be one of the best teams ever in the 3A that was ranked number 30, like ranked that low. Sabino's playing really good. I think they're going to be a contender coming towards the end of the season. We talked about that last week, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But I think this is a good matchup because Pushridge still got a bunch of really great kids, still one of the top teams. Pushridge against Sabino is going to be a fun matchup. Who do you got in this one, Reyes? This one's an interesting one because we've talked about this in previous episodes. I know we talked about how, you know, Sabino really wanted to get battle tested early and they played a bunch of big schools. And that can either play in your favor or it can't. Right now, uh, they were, I mean, you were saying 30th, but they're currently they're 23 in the AI and the Arizona Preps rankings. Um, they're a tough team, man. I like how like physical and how aggressive they play, how tough they play. Uh, but Pushridge has a couple of kids that can play a little bit. And so it's going to be very interesting. I think I have Sabino beating Pushridge. And I'm going to go ahead and say Sabino beats Pushridge with an eight. And I think it's a lower scoring game. I think these both teams are going to play pretty good, uh, tough defense. If Pushridge can stay out of foul trouble, I think they have a really good shot against Sabino. I think Sabino is just really aggressive. And driving into the lane, they could pick up some fouls. They're big. Um, so I, let's just say Sabino 58, um, Pushridge 50. I think it might be higher scoring than that because both of these teams get up in the full court and press and they're really aggressive. So I could see it being a really fast paced game where, and again, it's a conference game where people are just going up and down a lot. It's going to be fun, man. I'm going to really look forward to watching this game. I have Sabino winning. I don't know. I got him winning by like six or, or maybe even five. I'm going to go like 70 to 65. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not opposed to it at all. I think the reason why I say I have them winning by eight, because I think as towards as we get later to the stretch in the game, I think Sabino's just going to make a couple of free throws to really kind of like put it away, if you know what I mean. Prophetic. I like that. <laughs> okay. And then let's move on to Friday night. We got North Valley Christian versus Baba Kavari. And I'm excited about this one because Baba Kavari right now is ranked, I think, in the top 20 for the 1A. And North Valley is ranked a little bit higher than that. I think both of these teams are going to be competitive in the 1A, especially down the stretch. I, I like North Valley in this one over Baba Kavari, but I wanted to highlight this 1A team because North Valley's got some good kids. Baba Kavari's got some really good quick kids on there as well. I think North Valley wins by about 12. Uh, so give me 60 to 72 North Valley over Baba Kavari Friday night. You know, I'm going to jump on that spread with you, and I have North Valley taking that 12-point over um, Babo Kavari. So for me, for Friday, I actually have Highland Prep and Tempe Prep. Now, these two teams, respectively... It's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a great matchup. Both these teams in the respective division are ranked number three as of right now. Um, you know, like I said... Are they both really number three? Yeah, Highland Prep ranked number three in the nice. two-way, and then Tempe Prep is ranked number three in the one-A. And both teams, like I said, they, they have been able to collect a couple of great wins. And like we said, we know how talented Highland Prep is, especially with the teams they played against. They played against some really tough 4A teams and even some 5A teams. Um, like I said, they were able to beat Sabino, Trivium Prep. They beat Madison Highland. They beat uh, teams like Veritas and Benson. They have a game against Madison, as we mentioned earlier before. So I think that the, the trajectory that Highland Prep is on right now is pretty tough 
to knock off. But I don't think that – I don't think they cannot not be beaten, if you know what I mean. Because Tempe Prep currently right now, they're 9-0. And they play some really good teams as well, too. And I know they lost to Estrella Foothills and Arizona College Prep, but they were able to bounce back and, you know, pick a game uh, against Independent, which is a 6A, Borgate Catholic. They beat Sequoia Pathway. They beat a really tough Lincoln Prep team. They beat a Heritage Academy Levine. And then they play. Their last win was against Hayden, which we also mentioned last episode. It's a pretty good team in the 1A, and they ended up beating them by 16. And you, so know they, what, you know what Hayden is ranked in the 1A right now? Uh, last time I checked, Hayden is ranked, oh, wow, they knocked off number one. They're number one. So, yeah, so Tempe Prep knocked off number one. And then they have a game today against Chandler Prep, which is also in the two-way. And I do think that Tempe Prep will be able to take care of business against Chandler Prep. I know we didn't talk about it, but it's just I didn't really think that was really a matchup to talk about as opposed to Tempe Prep versus Highland Prep. Um, I think Tempe Prep, I know this is going to sound super crazy right now, and I'm all about controversy. I'm going to have Tempe Prep beat Highland Prep just for the fun and antics. And let's go ahead and think it's a closer game. And I'm going to say Tempe Prep beats Highland Prep 66. And let's go ahead and have Highland scoring 63. <laughs> You're laughing. I, you, I know you have Highland Prep running away with this game. I oh, get yeah. it. I get oh, it. No, I, I don't mean running away with it. Tempe Prep is super good. I just think it's – you just love the, the controversy. I just like the controversy. And like I said, I was the one that brought up Highland Prep. I'm the one that's like riding their coattails. I would think about who you didn't know who they were before I mentioned. Wait, 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 hold on. No, 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 no. I'm the one that brought up Highland Prep. I was like, I was like, hey, we need to start talking about this team because they beat Sabino and they racked out some pretty good wins. And you're like, who are they? And that's when we talked about the honey badgers. The fans know this. Fans, please. Let Coach Luetta know in the comments when we drop this this morning, and you let him know that I was the one that found out about Highland Prep. Please. Hey, you know what? I remember. You are right. Yes. Yeah, so you're agreeing with me now because, you know, the fans would eat you alive. I know. It's like the – everybody just – I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But, no, yeah, you're, you're, you are right. I don't have Highland Prep necessarily running away with this one. Tempe Prep is really good. I'm excited about – I do have Highland Prep winning. I have them winning by, like, 15 or something like that. I am excited about this game because I think this will tell us a little bit about where Tempe Prep can sit in challenging Mojave Accelerated for that number one Hayden for that number one spot, you know, uh, or at least one of the top teams in the 1A. So I'm excited about that. I got Highland Prep winning by 15, though. Is it at home or is it away for Highland Prep? Uh, for um, uh, Highland Prep? Yeah. Um, Highland Prep is at Tempe Prep. Okay, so this is a home game for Tempe Prep. That'll help them. I still got Highland Prep winning by 15, but it's going to be cool to see where where they're going to be at in the 1A. Because, I mean, shoot, if they compete with Highland Prep, Highland Prep is a legitimate contender in the 2A. They can compete with them. I mean, that's looking pretty good for them in the 1A. I agree, and I'm curious to see how would Highland Prep fare against a Rancho or even a Scottsdale right now. Why don't you, you, you like the controversy. Why don't you just say they'll beat them by 30? I have Highland Prep by 10 on both teams. What's <laughs> up? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, don't, no, don't I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I know that they played against Trivium and beat them, and they handled them pretty well. And they, and they beat Sabino. 
Yeah, but that you're right. But Sabino was missing some kids. So, I mean, I don't know. I will say Highland Prep hasn't played any of the, you know, like, like a legitimate, another, like to the caliber of a ranch or a Scott. So they haven't played that yet. So I don't know how they would respond. So but I would think, love to say, I'd love to say. You don't think it's Sabino's to that caliber? I know if they, if they have everybody, if they have everybody, yeah, but they didn't have everybody. I get it, and it sucks for Highland because it's hard to defend when you look at the record. I mean, not the record, but when you look at the rest of their season, I'm not saying it's going to be necessarily a cakewalk, but yeah, they, they have a favorable schedule, you know, like it's, it's just very, very, very favorable. I mean, I yeah. think it will be battle tested between yeah. maybe, and, and I mean, I, wa- I want to say this about Sabino and stuff too, like. Whenever and we all know this as coaches, like whenever you beat somebody, it doesn't matter who they have or who they don't have. You just you beat them, you know. Like it, it's not your fault, you know. Like he made a great in talking to uh, their coach. I mean, he made a great adjustment there to take one of their kids out of the game with a different like kind of screwy defense. That's awesome. That's not that's not knocking him or anything. You still beat Sabino and that's a great program with great coach and great kids there. And they play crazy hard. It's one of the top teams in the three, a doesn't matter what the rankings say. That's, that's just a fact, you know, but you know, it's just, it's a fact, you know, like they, they didn't have everybody. So it does change how effective that, that win is a little bit, you know? So, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen them play against someone to the caliber of a Scottsdale or a Rancho. So I don't know how they would respond, my gut is telling me that they would rise to the occasion and they'd be right there to compete with all of them, you know, because from what I've seen, yeah. Highland Prep plays super hard, man. I, I, I mean, I do agree with you. And like I said, it'll be really fun to see what kind of happens in this matchup. Like I said, just for the controversy, 66-63 Tempe Prep beats Highland Prep. That's good. I like that. I just disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any games as well for Friday? Anything else? That's all I got, man. So I got to mention one more game. I know we hardly ever cover Saturday games just because it's just we not We got to do something else on Saturdays. I know, but I just wanted to mention because it means it's a pretty good game. And I know we've been talking about Thatcher. Sorry, guys. You're gonna Are you talking about Thatcher this. again? They play against Gilbert Christian. <laughs> that is going to be a good play, game. That's a pretty good, That's going to be a pretty good game. Um, it's gonna be very interesting to see because if you look at if you think about it, Gilbert Christian right now is currently ranked, I believe, number 10 or number 12. Um, they're currently sitting at four and two. They just beat Santan Foothills by 10. They have a game today against Eastmark, and then they'll play Arizona College Prep two on the 14th. So they have two games in their region that I do believe that they'll be able to blow by. And as a hip thatcher, I do think Gilbert Christian is gonna go three and oh this week. I do I like to... I like what you're saying about Thatcher going, you know, like on a good stretch. I like no, that. I'm no, I'm saying I'm saying Gilbert Christian goes three and zero. Oh, I, I'm sorry, yeah, I meant Gilbert Christian. Uh, I like I like I that do, with Gilbert Christian I, going like, on a stretch. I, I do see it's so funny. I, I think Thatcher goes two and one. I do like I said. I do think they beat Ala Ironwood, and I do think they beat Santan Foothills. But then I think they lose to Gilbert Christian. I think it's a really close game. I think it's being like, not necessarily a higher scoring game, but I'm going to say like a 65 62 game. I was just trying to count how I think we talked about Thatcher four times on this pod. 
I think so. So Thatcher, you better be thankful for that. We haven't talked about anybody that much in any episode ever. Yeah, in one single episode, that's tough. Yeah, I mentioned like four times, I think. So watch they just lose every single game this next week. (laughs) They blame us (laughs) for the the hype. Because you know, and that's one thing too, coaches. I know for some of you guys that do listen to this, we appreciate you guys listening, and we know that we give praise to a lot of teams. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to let your players hear the gratitude that we're giving them because just like Nick Saban says, his old famous quote, not even old, just a famous quote he said, it's rat mouse poison. poison. Mouse poison, stop it. Is it not it's mouse rat, poison? It's, it's almost a mouse poison. It's rat poison. Badger, badger it's, poison. Badger, badger poison. Let's just stay with that. Badger poison. Bear cat poison. Tiger poison. There's just so many mascots in the small ball that there's a lot of poison going on and you, I know you guys want your players to be focused and locked in and you don't want to buy into the hype but we're just doing our job of covering you guys so either drink the rat poison or not regardless we're here to share what we think just a disclaimer don't drink rat poison for all you kids yeah, listening yeah don't yeah don't actually drink rat poison I'd be very shocked if we had a couple of fans do that I'd be very upset with our demographic that would say a lot about <laughs> Uh, I think that's a good that's a good ending point don't you think I think that's good I think that's good too I think that's solid you know um yeah okay we're gonna get out of here we hope you guys all have a great week we want to thank you guys just as always for supporting the Arizona small ball podcast check out our website that Reyes just recently launched which is awesome and yeah we hope you guys have a great week if you want to what what's the website do you know Arizona Small Ball Podcast uh, website.com, HTTPS. It, it, it's Arizona Small Ball Podcast site.com. Yeah, because we're, we're too cheap to pay for the actual domain. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty cheap. And so, so don't worry about that. It's great contact on there. And me, it, it, the website looks cool. Please check it out. Uh, you'll be able to catch a little bit of everything. We have our episodes, we'll have like fun ways for you to interact with us. Uh, we're thinking about adding a couple of new things too as well. So just stay tuned for that. But other than that, guys, stay on the lookout. What are the other fun things we're thinking about adding? <laughs> I haven't heard about these things. I, we haven't talked about it, but I have some th- <laughs> I have ideas in my mind that I think that would work for us. And that'd be great to share with our lovely fans. Okay. Yeah, check out the website. And uh, yeah, if you guys are rolling with us, you listen to us every single week. Make sure that you hop on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Man, you guys have been awesome about leaving us reviews. Uh, We, since the beginning of, I think it's Christmas break, we have received like 45 new reviews. So uh, thank you guys for your support. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you guys next week.